Polly Murray is known as the black non-binary luminary lawyer, activist, poet, and priest who transformed our world. And welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I'm Jupiter F. Stone. I'm Sarah Gorski. And I'm Chloe Skye. Oh, that's a nap, y'all. I got something for you. When I say I got something for you, I mean I got something for you. As in, you're welcome. Don't thank me. Just know that I'm about to blow your mind and change your life and change the way that you view the society in which you live. Okay? Oh, that's an intro. I, I'm feeling, I don't know who this broad is, but I'm already feeling warm. Like, I got to take my hoodie off. Like, she's going to be too much to handle. I mean, <laughs> when it happens, like, look, I'm already fanning myself because, yes, it's going down for real. And uh, I'm going to do it a little unorthodox. I'm going to start off by telling y'all a little story. We are on a bus, oh, 1955, right, right. in Montgomery, Alabama. All right, little known woman, I don't know, maybe you might have heard of her, Rosa Parks, refused to give up her seat on a bus to a white man, right? Yeah. I have heard this story. Correct. So this is an act which has been noted to help incite the civil rights movement, which is a pretty fucking important movement. But contrary to popular belief, this was not an impromptu act, nor was it the first time that this happened. Fifteen years earlier, and over 600 miles away on a Greyhound bus near Petersburg, Virginia... Two women moved out of broken seats in the back black section of the bus and into the white section, right? Totally normal, right? Seats are broken. I'm going to move, except it's against the fucking law. So they're asked to move. They don't move. They quote Gandhi and are like, fuck that. We're going to stay here. <laughs> yeah. Is that what they say? Yes. Yes. Nonviolence. Yes, exactly. Nonviolence, baby. So they decide that they're going to sit there. Even when the police are called, they deny to oblige in the face of what could have only been angry white male cops. They choose to sit in this civil disobedience and they simply just stay on a bus of which they paid their admission for fully. So of course they are sent to jail for doing this. They are sent to jail and when they get there, there's kind of like a frenzy that starts to buzz around because they're like, holy shit, these people really did this. So one of these women was named Adeline McBean. She went by Mac. Now Mac was a West Indian. She had West Indian origin, so she wasn't actually in full belief of the segregation laws and that if they took these two seats that this would actually happen to them. She couldn't actually fathom that. But the other arrestee Mm. named Anna Pauline Murray, who went as Polly, tried to do everything they could to get a car from the drive from New York to North Carolina that Easter weekend. She's quoted to say, I and my friend who was arrested with me did not start out deliberately to protest the Virginia segregation statutes. As so often happened in those early days, an incident could arise out of almost intolerable situations. I mean, a person could be pushed into a position where there was nothing you could do almost but fight back. And fight back, they did. Chloe, Sarah, listeners, Polly Murray is known as the Black non-binary luminary, lawyer, activist, poet, and priest who transformed our world. That is a oh lot of things. God. I told you, I tell you, if that I, is a lot I, I might have to hit a part two, but I'm going to try real hard. <laughs> I'm going to try real hard because discovering Polly was like discovering Jesus. I was like, what? Where did this come from? How come no one told me? It's amazing. So we're just going to go ahead and get the fuck into it. I'm already really heavily into her. Yes. I'm get into yes. her right away. All right. Right away. Born 
on November 20th, which is also my birthday. What? Yes, yes. She is sister birthday from bride. another mister. I'm telling you. Just 80 years I'm earlier. I'm telling you. Just 80 years earlier. It could have been me. Maybe we share some saliva or DNA or air <laughs> particles or something. I only hope. For real, Soul I, I, energy. I'm no longer having my birthdays. I'm throwing Polly a birthday. Like, every year instead. That's, <laughs> I'm down. That's, yes. And you're going to want to come. Okay, so she was born in 1910 in Baltimore, Maryland to mixed race parents on both sides. So there were her ancestry is a mix of black slaves, white slave owners, I don't know how that happened, Native American, Irish and free black people. So she was kind of like this eclectic they 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 made jokes there was some quotes about how she was like a walking United Nations and how she wore that. It was very confusing to people. I can relate. No. People have trouble. Yeah. People don't understand. Exactly. What box do you Exactly. Fit in? What box? Right, correct. So her mother, who was a nurse, passed away when she was three years old. And her father, who was a school teacher, he took this really hard. So she was sent to live with her mother's family, her two aunts, who were also school teachers. Um, so education was like a really big, big deal for them and like their family and for her. It was always like known that she wanted to like go to school and be educated. Um, but she was having this really hard time. Um, when she was 12, when she was 12, her father was uh, admitted to the Crownsville State Hospital for the Negro Insane. Whoa. Oh, dang. Right. And Polly found out about this and wanted to rescue him. But he was no, still. That was a place. Well, that right. So think about that. Like you think a that's wait. a nice hospital? No. Do you think that's. You think that. No. He was not given not any treatment. No. They literally. Was he just like. He was sad. Did it say was, he was just he was sad. sad right? His wife passed away. He didn't have resources. It was very difficult for him. But people couldn't yeah. handle like how emotional he was, especially back in the day, like a black man having a hard time. Like, you must be crazy. You must be crazy. And at 13, her father was bludgeoned to death with a baseball (gasps) bat by a white male guard at the facility. What the fuck? 13 years old, right? So she's like, shit, my mom died. 10 years later, her dad gets murdered. And please note this, because this comes back, in a hospital because he's, he's insane, right? So she's fucked up. But quote insane. Right, exactly. Right, insane. Exactly. He's not insane. Exactly. No. Sad. Right. He's a sad black man in America in the early nineteen hundreds. <laughs> we don't have time for you. Let's yeah. just get you in here and then murder you, get you uh, out. We can't let anyone know black people have feelings. Exactly. That's gonna make them have empathy for it. And them. she's only thirteen? She's thirteen when this happens. Oh and my she's God. in North Carolina. So Ugh. when she's when she's sixteen, she moved from North Carolina to New York to finish high school and prepare for college because she kind of has this like bug in her now, but really she's just like living through it so much as like trying to make these massive moves, but these are her roots. So you kind of see like where she comes from is really important and kind of is a precursor to where she's going. Yeah. So when she moves to New York to go to high school, uh, she ends up living with the family of her cousin Maude. And Maude lived in an all-white neighborhood. And Maude and her whole family had been passing in that neighborhood for white. But now, since Polly moved in, Polly's clearly black. Now Polly's causing controversy in the entire neighborhood. And now she's getting heat. As a 16-year-old kid, she starts getting this additional stress of like, holy shit, I just outed my whole family. And Uh. so there's this unrest that starts to bubble up, but the family keeps her there, keeps her in school, and she ends up graduating with honors in 1927. 
So, Damn. so f- fuck it, right? She's like, fuck, I'm I mean, gonna. I guess if you're dealing with all that, you just you just hyper forward. focus on the work. Like, I'm just gonna do good at school. Like, right. This is crazy. Right. Well, I mean, she knows why. You know, she she knows that she she has to. Yeah. Yeah. So after high school, this is kind of like it kind of dips a, a little bit. This like period of her life because she does get married, and it mentions that she gets married. She actually gets married ten days after her twentieth birthday to a man named William Roy Wynn, and they get married in secret. Ooh. They get married in secret. Why? Did it say why? Well, what had happened was, they, they didn't say specifically why, but from context and my research and what I've gathered, because what happened on their wedding night is she went to have sex for the first time and was like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> she said she was so repulsed by having to be involved in sexual relationships with a man that she felt introverted. Like, she felt like her sex was was going inside. Like, that's how far away she was trying to get from this situation. Whoa. So they only stayed together for a very short period of time, and then they both left separately and actually didn't see each other until, like, 20 years later when they got a divorce. Wow. She was like, let me try this real quick. Nah, fuck this. And instead of like diving into the marriage and diving into the kids, she decided to really go in to education. Mm. She's like, I'm just going to learn shit. I'm going to I'm going to go to school. And so Murray wants to go to Columbia. But in the 1930s, they are not accepting black people. Uh, So and then the sister school, Bernard, is too expensive. It is outside of her class. So one Mm. school is outside of her race ability and the other school is outside of her class ability. So Mm. she ends up going to Hunter, which is a free public school. And in this free public school, she realizes she is one of the few students of color there. And she is one of the few students of color to graduate. She graduates in 1933 with her bachelor's in English. And she's like, I fucking did it. Hell yeah. Let me do this. I'm a black queer woman out here in the, well, queer. We'll get into that. I'm gonna spoil it was she bit. saying that she was queer yet or no? She wasn't saying that she was queer, but I think some of her, like her, like the early people from that time and like that time period was written about it. Is she was open about how uncomfortable it made her to be with men so it was like kind of beginning of it and then later on her life she was very open about her relationships with women which kind of got her into trouble with some big dogs including the NAACP so let's Mm. get into it no (laughs) I hate stories like that I mean I know right yeah I just love how she like took look one look at the dick and was like no I yep. don't want that. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> actually, there are other things I'd rather be doing. So, like, getting an education. I don't want to touch that again. I don't want children. Goodbye. Go away. Go away. Go away. I'll see you when we got to get divorced. Yeah. Badass. Badass. Uh, I love it. When she exited, it was 1933. So, the job prospects for a black woman during the Great Depression, not so much. Not so mm. much for anyone, especially right. her. What they end up doing is selling subscriptions to Opportunity, which is an academic journal for the National Urban League, which is a civil rights organization based in New York. So I did a little bit of research on them because I'd never heard of the National Urban League. I haven't either. Well, I'm going to fill you in. They are advocates on the behalf of economic and social justice for African Americans, and they stand against racial discrimination. It was established in 1910, just one year after the NAACP, but quite a few years after Black Lives matter so just take that into consideration i'm just saying i'm so surprised i haven't heard of them with all the other broads we've done that work did social justice work well that's the thing is and that's the thing about polly is she was there from the beginning okay it's like this is the year like it was established like the year like she was born you know and so this is only like 20 20 25 years later 
So it's like kind of like at the beginning, beginning. So a lot of the the broads we know and the broads we cover, like spoiler, they pull from Polly. Yeah. Like they they show love to Polly because Polly set the path for them. Right. So after working at this uh this organization, you know, she gets get sort of like the taste of like obviously like personal history and personal life and what happened. Um, but then it's like okay, now I'm working in this environment that's literally like its job is to talk about this, to do this, to push for social justice. But mm. this becomes too much for Polly, and their health starts to diminish. So mm. it is suggested that Polly finds a healthier work environment. <laughs> so, like, okay, this is the causes I believe in, but I need to find somewhere a little more chill to work so I don't, like, work myself to death. Got it. Cool. Relatable. That's very right. relatable. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, right. oh, I see this. How long do I want to keep fighting this fight? In what direction do I want to go? And, you know, like, Polly decides, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to take a step back. And they take a position at Camp Terra, which is a she, she, she conservation camp put on by Eleanor Roosevelt, which oh. is a partner to what Theodore did with a civilian conservation camp. Specifically, it was for like young adults, right? And it was to help young adults get employment. But this she, she, she camp was specifically leaning in towards women. And so this is, this is Polly's thing. So they work there and they work there after they've been working there for three months. She fucking meets Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor comes to Fuck the camp. Yeah. They have conversations, and they, they they seem to hit it off. Like, they like each other really well. But it doesn't matter that Eleanor likes Polly, because the camp director fucking hates Polly. The camp director and Polly do not get along at mm. all. So even though this is a great opportunity, and it seems like something beautiful is budding there, the camp director it said the camp director finds a Marx book, Mm. with Polly's belongings. And I'm like, first of all, why are you all up in their belongings anyway? Like, to have found that book. Second of all, the book was from college because they were, like, just graduated, just got jobs. So it was, like, a college book. Um, But in addition to that, the director of the camp really discouraged the relationship that was happening with another one of the camp counselors. So this counselor was named Peg Holmes. For the mm. life of me, I could not find a bunch of information, but I'm pretty sure Peg Holmes was a white woman because that mm. was explicitly stated that they the camp director didn't like the interracial relationship. But I'm like, okay, where's the comment on the fact that the, the, the interracial relationship is with a person named Peg? I don't know. Peggy? Peg, Peg, yeah, yeah, yes. So maybe there was other issues besides just the race thing that was going on. Either way, they said, we don't give a fuck. And they both dipped. Wait, in do we know did you, is, we know for sure she was white or you're, we're just guessing Yes, no, white. we know for sure she was white okay. because it says that they, they um, the camp director did not approve of the interracial relationship. Okay, okay. So that was why. Damn. But I'm just like, okay, and the fact that they both had vaginas probably didn't bother you at all, but whatever. Probably the camp director was just jealous. Right, I mean, seriously. She probably mm. needed her pussy licked. I'm saying, I'm saying. Haters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they both decided in 1935, okay, fuck it. Like, we're going to leave the camp. And then they begin going off and adventuring the country. So at this time, Polly literally starts walking, hitchhiking, and hopping freight trains all over the country. This is 1935. This is a black mixed race woman who refuses to wear anything except pants, hopping trains around the country with her girlfriends because society is not accepting her. Love it. Right? Bad bitch. Fuck. Love it. Yes, exactly. Mm. Bad a movie bitch. just about that. I know. I'm telling you. I trust. I have two parts to this that I'm trying to get through <laughs> in one part. Because um, this is just her early life. This is what made her into the badass that she right. became. 
So after a few years of hopping freight trains and traveling the country, um, she decides that she is going to apply to the University of North Carolina. Dun, da, 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 dun, okay. Da, da, da. All right. Okay. So, so that's a choice. Yes. Now, but since it is 1938, they do not accept black people because segregation is still a thing and there's still segregation laws and Polly does it anyway. And it's North Carolina. And it's North Carolina. Of course, North Carolina is where they grew up with their aunts, right? right. And their aunts were school teachers and, you know, mm-hmm. people were educated. And it's just like, I deserve to be able to do this. And so they knew when they did this that they were going to cause a ruckus. And they did it anyway. So this became a huge deal. And both black and white newspapers covered it. And that was kind of like the thing that really started getting people to pay attention and figure out like, okay, who is this person? What are they doing? They're creating a ruckus. What's going on? Since so much press was over it, they got a lot of pressure. And and and, and, and Polly participates. So Polly starts writing letters to everyone she can think of, including the university president and the president of the United States, and begins to release these responses publicly in order to incite the university to do something which was like unorthodox and hadn't been done before like you don't usually write a letter in confidence and then publish that letter um but that's Mm. exactly what polly did and that's what polly did with the naacp's response which was part of the reason why during this huge debate and you know going up against the school polly was like hey yo naacp can you hook it up can you like can you like support me take my case and they were like "Mm." well considering that you've been like airing out everyone's responses about it and letting the public know our actual true feelings like that's kind of distasteful and Mm. also you wear pants (laughs) not exactly you wear pants but there was questions about polly's sexuality and this case being so highly publicized and if the naacp was connected to it they thought it might be detrimental to their other cases because even those people in those other cases who wanted to stand up for black people did not necessarily want to stand up for black people who were so outside of social conventions that's so common and so ridiculous it's like they were not okay with the queerness and they did not want that confused with their own messaging absolutely yep they they just wouldn't do it they walked away they walked away from it so since they said nah you know at this point there really isn't much of a course at, to which uh, Polly can go so it seems like this really started to take a toll they were frustrated and fatigued but they continued to try and push but the society decided they were going to push back and in early 1940 at 30 she is taken into police custody for walking the streets of Rhode Island, quote, distraught after the disappearance of a woman friend. So Polly's walking around Rhode Island, distraught over the disappearance of a woman friend and gets arrested. Like, I would be distraught if my friend went missing. Yeah, what the fuck? What happened to her friend? Right, exactly. And there's like such lacking information. But what it seems like is like legitimately, like it's like a couple had an argument and one left, and then the other one was, like, out in the street. I've seen a hundred of my neighbors do that all the time. Like, get back here! Blah, blah, blah. They're like, dom- domestics? Like, I don't know. They didn't know how oh. to classify yeah, what yeah. was happening, and they were like, okay, this is too much, and this person is too much. Mm. So... After they arrest her, word gets out that she's been arrested and what's going on and what's going to happen. The <laughs> NAACP is called in again. And uh, they are they are kind of like, 
like on standby because they're like, okay, what are you going to do? What are you actually charging her with? Because they needed to see that it was going to benefit their cause. And once again, they, on the other side, knew this. So they sort of manipulated it. And instead of keeping her in jail, Who's they, they decided- Is this the government? This is the, like the, the Rhode sheriff? Island, the, the, yeah, yeah. The police? The, okay. The, 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 the peeps, the men with the badges in charge okay. in Rhode Island Why decide, yes, the best course of action would be to send her to a psychiatric hospital in New York called Bellevue. Oh, Don't know no. about Bellevue? Oh, shit. They oh, fucking. Oh, shit. They no. sent, so think about, th- th- was this not a political move? Was this not, this is. Her father was bludgeoned to death in a psychiatric hospital. She's now in this, like, civil fucking war back and forth with, like, different governments and different states and different things. And they send her to a psychiatric hospital. You don't just do that to a person. That is the the equation of becoming radicalized. And radicalized, she was. Am I allowed to say radicalized? Is that, like, a... It's just, it's new that I've been using this word since becoming more, like, political. Radicalized is, like, a super boomer word, in my opinion. See, see, this is what I want to check for validation. Okay. It really just, it really just, I I think, Mm -hmm. this is a Sarah Gorsky definition Mm -hmm. in Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that when people say radicalize, it mostly just means, like, they were, like, activated into a really strong choice in their life. (laughs) Hmm. Well, I think some people try to say radicals are all, like, anarchists are all and i don't think that i mean i feel like radicalized is mostly applied to like terrorists like cults yeah it's like like a negative association right yeah and like a like i think that the term became popular after 9-11 like radicalized muslims Mm. because i think like the 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 twin towers and all that shit which we all know is all like there's a whole bunch of crazy bullshit wrapped up in like all that labeling right and that it like destroyed the lives of our like Muslim brothers and sisters right. and shit like that. But but that's where that term I think was said like a billion times and that's why like Republicans fear radicals. But like radicalization is is a very neutral term. Yeah, I like I the think, way you you said it is kind of the way that I feel about it, which is just like you're because of a situation that was like outside of your control, you're almost like forced to face something and then make decisions like accordingly. Like yeah, yeah like my dad was murdered by a a, a ward in a mental health facility and then they sent me to a mental health facility and now I'm in jail and I have like what are you supposed to do after that you're gonna become a political activist so yeah that's really interesting you know the, what is that thing you go on the internet you can see the uses of the words and like the names over time the etymology the history of the word yeah it's like where did where did it start that would be interesting to look up maybe I'll look that up while you yeah um, get the fact pull a you yes, on yes pull you. a you pull it pull it <laughs> and I'll research yes please please fact checks so this timing is really important because it is after three months in Bellevue and it is in March of 1940 that Murray leaves the hospital with her roommate and girlfriend. Adelaine McBean, also known as Mac, and they get on a bus to go visit her aunts in North Carolina for Easter. Oh, this is back to the beginning of your story. Exactly. Got so it. I followed. That, mm-hmm. I followed. <laughs> right. So it's like, not only did this, like, did this woman inspire Rosa not to give up her seat, but you gotta know why, where she was coming from. She was like, we should get a car. 
And her friend's like, nah, like, well, friend, well, and girlfriend, roommate, it's like, nah, we'll be fine. So it's like the build up to this moment of I am not going to fucking stand up for you. I literally just spent three months in a mental hospital. I've been like, you go back and all of this thing. So this, her life leading up to this moment was like, no, I'm sitting here. I'm making this decision. So what happens after they get arrested? It's a tale as old as time. NAACP is trying to see if they're going to get involved again because it's not a question. Polly's a part of it. Polly is a part of it at this point. They're just like, okay, well, what are they charging you with exactly? And it was actually really cool because I looked up some excerpts of an audio tape with Polly um, answering some interview questions about this like pre like later on in life. And it, it's so dense and juicy and I, and I loved it. But Basically, the NAACP is like, since this, since they're only charging you with disorderly conduct and they're not charging you with breaking the segregation laws, that's not enough for us. So we're not going to take up the case Ugh. because disorderly conduct. And so it's like, what? But uh, both sides know that. So it's like, who is going to help? Well, let me tell you who the fucking homies are. Tell us. The Workers Defense League known Mm. as WDL. It is a socialist labor right association. They pay her fine and then hire Polly to work with them administratively. But within no time, Polly becomes much more active and involved in civil cases. One very popular case was a case against a black sharecropper who was sentenced to death for killing his white landlord. And this became a really big thing, like very like soon after she got out of jail. So she got on it and started petitioning all across the country and trying to raise money because the defense argued that it was a life or death situation and one of them was going to die. And the black sharecropper was just trying to defend themselves. So Murray raises money for this appeal and gets super involved and then writes a letter to homie Eleanor Roosevelt, the first lady. Hell yeah, who still loves her probably and doesn't even know she's been in a mental institution. (sighs) Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's really interesting because I'm about this. I think it's after this point that they become good friends because you're right. I don't think it I don't think she she knew that Polly was there, but people people knew Polly now. So Eleanor writes a letter to the governor of Virginia and specifically individually asks for a fair trial. The man was executed a couple days before Independence Day in 1942. So even with the first lady's ask, please give this a fair trial. She didn't say don't kill him. She said, please give him a fair trial. And they're like, oh, we probably did. White people are the fucking worst. The worst. The worst. In the continuing saga of broads, you should know, white people continue to be the worst. It's a thread line. It's a thread line. It's a thread line. Yeah. So Polly Murray, after this point, has a a laundry list of of just just laundry list, Rolodex of amazing accomplishments over the 60s, 70s, and 80s that I do not have the time to get all the way up into. So I have selected some of the most, what I think are shining achievements of this human, all right? So, shining achievements of the 60s, Kennedy appointed Murray to the Presidential Commission on the Status of Women, and it is in 1961 that Murray submitted a proposal to re-examine the applicability of the 14th Amendment to state laws and practices which discriminate on the bias of sex per se. So 10 years later in 1971, RBG submits Reed versus Reed to the Supreme Court and wins and they extend the 14th equal protection to women and RBG credits Murray as co-author in debt to their work. What? 
the French toast vanilla hopscotch sticks is this shit? She's like the originator <laughs> for all of like the idols. Like she's like the idols idol. Okay. In 1964, she did a Jim Crow and Jane Crow speech in Washington, D.C., which compares Jim Crow laws uh, and racism and segregation to women. And it was freaking epic and it shook shit down. In 66, she was the co-founder of the National Organization for Women. And that literally got women on juries. Before this, before this initial big push, women weren't allowed to serve on juries. And Murray was like, fuck because that. Because they can't have opinions because women's are emotional. They have periods. Correct. Well, yeah. That fucks everything Those up. Those feelings, right. they just get in the way. But like a jury <laughs> of your logic. peers, like legitimately, you have a right to a jury of your peers. Just like, if you're a woman, oh well. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> uh, okay, so did a bunch of other things, like sat on a lot of councils, did a lot of amazing freaking speeches, and um, the 70s were dope as well because that's when the 14th got covered, and at the end of the 70s, after she influences all these amazing things about civil rights and, and, and women's rights, she decides that that's enough <laughs> that's enough and which is really interesting because like this i think 20 years earlier at this point they were like hey maybe you shouldn't get into politics i think it's kind of doing some bad shit to your health and then all of these things uh but in 1977 uh murray becomes the very first african-american woman ordained episcopal do 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 <laughs> Polly Murray became the first African-American woman to be a priest in that religion and apparently influenced a lot of people to do the same. There was a lot of female priests that like followed suits after this. And she was a bunch of firsts. She did first in history classes in colleges. She literally created classes about history because it was her history that she created. Mm -hmm. uh, she was also the first African-American period, not African-American woman or non-binary, but just the first African-American period to receive a doctorate of science, of law, from Yale. Oh. Yale. First black Whoa. person to get a doctorate from Yale. Okay. And and lawyer, and she was, and did, and, and fought all the way until, basically, she got sick and got old, and basically ministered in D.C. and kept going. Like It was, like, still congenitally connected to, like, politicky things, um, but basically, like, their faith was what they, they focus on. I think that's like it really i got the definition of uh, radical oh <gasps> break it down this is a quote a radical is one who aims at thorough reform in government from a liberal or democratic point of view or desires the establishment of what he regards as abstract principles of right and justice by the most direct and uncompromising methods what okay. i was a little bit wrong no, I, <laughs> I like invented my own definition and so that's the that's the right one i i right. love that i love that you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna mirror i'm gonna mirror that definition because i think this is beautiful with with a quote to close from murray. a Polly murray quote yes Ooh. because yeah. oh. because okay. she did pass away in 1985 which okay. is as unfortunate bowling for soup failed to mention them in the song 1985 which right. is saddening it seems so of, on brand for them uh, musicians. <laughs> it's a bunch that. of white dudes who didn't yeah. mention Polly Murray. Well, the, how weird. The non-binary lawyer activist. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Um, okay. Polly Murray did pass away from pancreatic cancer in 1985 in a house that she shared with her lifelong friend, end quote, 
lifelong friend who was also like an absolute freaking baddie and possibly abroad to cover one day. But anyway, it's so interesting how many articles were like, this was her lifelong friend. And even when like they passed away, like when like she spoke about the women in her life, it was like, this is my love or this is my best favorite companion. Like they didn't have the dialogue to express like the love. That oh, they but they were like have. lovers. Oh, they yeah, were, like, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, in the jail, when like the, when they broke out and like the two women arrested, it was like, yeah. I mean, like, always with the women, even when when she got sent to the, like, the mental hospital, it's like the way that they control the narrative is so interesting. Like, she was upset because she couldn't find her friend. I'm like, okay, all right, friend. Mm-hmm. I know who wrote this but white they were lifelong, But they were partners. That's... I love that. Yes, Me too. exactly, exactly. Lifelong companions. Certainly an easy way to make women seem crazier than they are is paint their romantic love interests as a friend. Yes. And it's like, why are they reacting so strongly? That's it, crazy. Exactly. Like, well, how would you react if your wife fucking disappeared for no reason? Hello. Hello. But they don't say wife. That's no, they the don't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, a quoting, there's hella quotes also, but this is my favorite. In not a single one of these little campaigns was I victorious. In other words, in each case, I personally failed. But I have lived to see the thesis upon which I was operating vindicated. And what I very often say is that I've lived to see my lost causes found. My lost causes found. I love that. That's a great quote. Here we go. That's a great quote, right? That's why I said there was three more great quotes, but that one was just the bomb.com. <laughs> that was just the one. So if you want more, look it up. Amazon picked up a, 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 a film, an autobiographical documentary um, it called. Be autobiographical. Uh, it, well, it's she didn't bio, make it. biographical. Sorry. Okay. Biopic, bio, biodoc. <laughs> I am Polly Murray, and I'm really excited. I don't know when they're going to release it. There is no information online, and I'm so frustrated. It's like... Is it just optioned, or has it actually been they like shot? They picked it up at shit? Sundance. They picked it up. This year. Oh, my God. So, viewing party. Oh, Maybe yeah. we'll be vaccinated by 100%. then. 100%. It would be super exciting. Because, I mean, Chloe says that they um, sometimes release... Uh, they pick things up to release them, like, around November. So, uh, Polly's birthday and my birthday, November 20th birthday buddies mm. so maybe we who have plays to have do you know who plays polly i don't i do not well it's a, it's a documentary it's, it's a documentary so i don't think anyone plays her. i don't think anyone plays oh, her oh oh it's a doc they, i heard you say it before but did not register <laughs> it's fine it's fine it's, it's new you know it's new shit it's fine it's fine no but apparently there's a, like <laughs> polly murray yeah. i love her yeah She's amazing i do too I, I i'm so excited for it to come out and for the rest of my life to constantly like like shove this down people's like faces and throats and like hey look at these people who like have existed yeah. in life that keep getting erased like i get upset i'm like oh women they get erased so often oh, black people get erased so often it's like black queer women get erased so often ah! so often so often the most erased yeah yeah, yeah. The most erased. well not no more new dawn new age new life new broad who this well thank y'all for listening thank you i'm glad you dig polly and thank you for entrusting me with my episode and i don't know i guess i'll wrap it up now yeah wrap it this is the end part this is the end part we're gonna wrap it up thank you for listening to another episode of broad you should know the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history this has been polly murray but we got a bunch of other badass broads so make sure you scroll through the feed leave a review and send an email suggesting if you got a broad that you want us to cover that you think is dope and i gotta say sarah sarah that website is looking fine girl 
Okay. <laughs> Damn. Oh, what's, what's that? Broadsyoushouldknow.com? Broadsyoushouldknow.com. Is that the one? Fuck around and find out. Oh, yes. Yeah. Go Sarah. Sarah is a broad. We got all the broads up there. You can browse through all of the broads we've done. You can see all the pictures of them. I like. I go through and I pull all the pictures of all you the broads, guys. You pull great pictures. You pull I do that every, every week. Yes. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you. And thank you, Chloe, for producing the podcast. I'm excited oh, hey, to be you here. Know. You're awesome. <laughs> we do We're excited that you're here. Yes. Me too. Thank you. Again. Thank you. Well, perhaps I will be here for another episode of Broadly Chanel.